Welcome to The Real Enneagram, A Spiritual Quest, brought to you by the Institute for Conscious Being. Join us as we experience the vital teachings of Enneagram expert Dr. Joseph Howell, clinical psychologist and author of Becoming Conscious, The Enneagram's Forgotten Passageway. Relax as you are taken beyond personality typing to The Real Enneagram, The Spiritual Development of the Soul. Welcome back to a podcast entitled The Real Enneagram. A spiritual quest. Thank you for joining us this week. We are so excited to be back with you. Such a great group. We uh, enjoyed our podcast last week. And gosh, this week has flown, wouldn't you say? Yes, Poncho. <laughs> so now my name is Poncho. Um, and I don't even have any good joke to say back to that. So anyway. Uh, well, the intro was so funny because we always do. A real Enneagram, a spiritual quest, and I say that part, but it reminds me of a television show that many of us grew up with called The Cisco Kid, where it began with, hello, Pancho, hello, Cisco, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That dates you a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I sounds funny. 40. <laughs> <laughs> he just turned 40, so um, he just was watching reruns of that show. So, okay. Well... Thank you for joining us again this week. We have another great group this week, and we wanted to, I think, talk about um, the, again, we want to hit some of those topics that are a little harder to um, understand, and uh, we have, you won't believe this, but in front of us right now, we have a real life ego type nine. It is fascinating, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, um, her name is Nancy Hornsby. She showed up for this podcast. She is energetic today. She was also here last week, and so she just can't get enough of us. And um, so, anyway, we're happy to have her back. And we thought, well, since we have her again, we'd like to talk about maybe the holy idea of the nine. But first, before we do that, I think it's important just to have maybe a brief introduction to what that ego type nine is concerned with and looks like and lives like. Can you do that? I think so. Um, In my ego type nine, I have a hard time getting started. That's the toughest thing. In fact, I was just looking back in my journals from you know, 30 years ago and when I didn't know anything about the Enneagram and I was writing things like, oh, I need to to practice. If I could just get started, I will be fine. And because we have this law of inertia, once a nine gets going, we're fine. It's just, it's just getting started, getting, getting going. Um, I'm in the body center. I have a hard time sometimes prioritizing what is okay. important. So the sloth is actually an an image, uh, our slothfulness. But it's not because we're not doing things. We can be quite busy. We're just perhaps avoiding what we really need to focus on. Uh, I I can be busy cleaning, cleaning, cleaning when I really need to be writing a paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, can, I can be very energetic, but I'm just kind of spinning my wheels and not focusing in on what I really need to focus on. Another thing that, that really traps us is that we negate ourselves. We think that we, uh, what we have to offer is not really very important. And so we can often just fall back and let everybody kind of take over and, and we just fall in line. And what happens is people forget us. 
What are you thinking when that happens? What's going on in your mind? Um, in some ways, I get kind of comfortable because I'm really comfortable doing that. And groups have affirmed that. They'll just kind of let me just be there instead of, you know, grabbing me up and calling me forth. Um, and, but if I do get called in, I want to respond and I usually do. But the longer that I stay back, I just, I just cave into myself. And, and that's a hard place to be in. Because remember, one, it's harder to, for me to get up once I stop. And if I get stuck on the couch or mm-hmm. stuck in the mud is kind of the image that a lot of our nines, we talk about just being really stuck in, in the mud, it's hard to get out. And so being in the body center, and can you tell us what, it, what that felt sense of, is of being stuck? Like what, what are you feeling? I mean, what are the red flags to know that you're in that place? I'm, I, I, a lot of people talk about feeling tired. Okay. They'll, they just don't seem to have the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that for me, there will be these bodily feelings. Um, stress and anxiety, of course, tend to make us at our least best. And I will actually feel more bodily sensations as opposed to having actual negative thoughts or negative feelings. It will just be this feeling of, I want to just go lie down. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want to just go curl up. Uh, just the other day, I was practicing a, a difficult piece of music, and I just wanted to, to stop. This is too hard. I can't do this. And it was like all of a sudden my body felt like I just didn't have the energy to do it. Mm. And I had to will myself to do it. And what I realized later when I was reflecting on it, because I had to use that virtue of diligence, I had to just had to, to be diligent and get through that. And once I did, the energy was there. And I could do that <laughs> difficult piece mm-hmm. of, of music. And, okay. and that happens to the nine so often. What makes you angry? Oh, <laughs> I think what really essentially is behind the times when I'm really angry is when I have not shown up for myself. When I have allowed others, but more importantly, when I have allowed myself to just forget myself and not stand up for myself and be present. Do you know you're angry? Oh, it, no, I don't acknowledge it until it just comes out. Sometimes something will trigger it and I will just e- explode. And nines generally are not aware of their anger. It's way under the surface because we pride ourselves in being peaceful. I mean, we are the non-anxious presence in the room. We're the calmness that everybody is enjoying. That's why they forget us. We're just, we're just kind of back here, the mm-hmm. little wallflowers. Mm-hmm. And when we've had enough of that, watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out. We will explode. <laughs> and then everybody's freaked out because that's not what we're supposed to do. Yeah, it does freak us out, Nancy. If I saw that, I would run because um, you are so peaceful. Well, let me ask this question maybe it might help some other nines that are listening. Have you learned any red flags of that bubbling anger that's about to explode out of your volcano? Yeah, I get very petty. Okay. I can get very petty. Uh, The one wing of um, self-righteousness, very judgmental, will start creeping in. 
Uh, Are you ever passive aggressive? Yes. And (laughs) yes, I am. And I, I know that I can be very passive aggressive. Instead of speaking up and telling someone I will just let it simmer. I don't know. I'm fine. I'm okay. Yeah. Do you make comments? Like, like um, the dishwasher's not going to unload itself? Not quite as sar- sarcastic as that. Sorry, that, that was me. Oh, well, I would just stomp through the house. Okay. You know, okay. I'm, you know like people say passive aggressive a lot, and I always wonder what that really is so I can recognize it. When you around me, or when I'm doing it, or around me, you know? Yeah. Oh, well, exactly. It, it's things like if I'm the dishwasher wasn't unloaded when my husband's been here all day and he could have done it, then I'm going to make a lot of noise <laughs> unloading that dishwasher. Okay. And, um, and then he's going to come in and say, oh, can I help? And I'm saying, no, I got this. Gotcha. You know, instead of ever expressing how I really <clears throat> feel. You know, and so it's, 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 yeah, that, okay. that anger comes out like that. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the nine, the um, negating yourself, maybe a little bit about how you deal with anger, a little bit about um, that lower level under the current anger of passive aggressiveness and maybe stomping around or making some noise. And then also dealing with that feeling overwhelmed of being overwhelmed with a difficult piece and wanting just to curl up on the couch. So now I want to know, um, you know, you've been through the ICB, the Institute for Conscious Being. You've been through the Scholar Program for two years, and you're now in the Master's Program. And in fact, I learn a lot from you every time we get together. You're a very healthy, conscious nine. What does that journey look like for, for you? The journey, we explain that a little bit. Well, I mean, I've seen, you know, when you first started mm-hmm. the program, you know, you've mentioned quite a few times that this work has been really important to you. And maybe you can talk to us a little bit about the virtue of diligence or maybe how that's worked out in your life or what that's really meant for you. Because we, we say these big words. What does it mean? How did you, how have you applied that in your life? Mm-hmm. Right. The, the spiritual practice is really key. It is very easy for me as a nine to get up in the morning and be very comfortable in my chair. And I could stay there, but a, but really being disciplined in a spiritual practice means I connect with my body. First of all, I kind of do a check-in with my body, which is extremely helpful because even though nines are in the body center, we often forget about our body. Mm-hmm. And so I'm checking in with my body. I'm breathing uh, deeply, and I'm sitting in in silence in the solitude, uh, which helps calm my spirit. And I begin. It, it's an aligning then of of body, mind, soul, uh, body, mind, heart. Then, as as I sit in the silence. And the thoughts go away. I don't have to, because I think as a nine, we do a good bit of daydreaming. Mm-hmm. And, and it's easy. I can fool myself sometimes when I sit in the silence. I'll think I've done something, but really I've just daydreamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And so it really is necessary, that spiritual discipline of, of letting the thoughts go. Mm-hmm. So important. Uh, for me, uh, then, after coming out of... A, of of that kind of spiritual discipline. I usually also read something, whether for me it's scripture or whether it's perhaps poetry. 
and then reflecting and journaling. And sometimes I'm journaling something that's quite deep and meaningful. Other times I'm just talking to myself, sort of, I'm just just writing to say what all I've I've done and and how I've felt about it and where I've been present and where I've just been scattered. And and that's a that's a wonderful discipline. I think I'm putting it on paper. I'm I can go back and I can see where I've been and, and where I've been absent to myself. Would you say that a routine is important for a nine? It's very important. And it's very important because sometimes it's that, the routine of that, that just showing up is the healthiest thing we can do in a day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes our energy is so low that just saying, hey, I'm going to keep with my routine and that's going to be an accomplishment. That's going to be a good day. Well, I hear a lot from ego type nines that they're tired and they're exhausted and that they their energy is low. Why is that? What's going on? What is going on with that? I think that's a good question. Because you don't, I'm just, you know, from outside looking in. Yeah. Uh-huh. You don't look low energy to me. No. Ever. No, I'm, no I, I don't. And I, I think that's, I think I get low energy when I have failed to have the routine of my spiritual disciplines. It's it's actually starting every day in the silence and the solitude that is a source of energy. That's a source of the holy being present in me and energizing me with purpose. When a nine feels like he or she doesn't have a focus or a purpose or a reason to be a part of the group, a part of this world, then then. We don't feel any energy. We cave in on ourselves. We just want to curl up. Okay. So so it's it's really a lack of feeling connected and a lack of feeling like you have a voice or a purpose that just drains out your life energy. Yes. Okay. How does the... Well, first of all, tell us what the holy idea is of the nine. The holy idea is holy, unconditional love. And that has been a huge awakening for me um, to give first that unconditional love to myself, to claim my own sense of, uh, of being, my own presence matters, my voice matters, what I have to contribute matters. And, and at first I had to give myself that un, un, unconditional love. How do you do that? Is that a mantra? Is it self-talk? What does that look like, giving yourself unconditional love? I think for me, it, it's that morning check-in. Okay. Because sometimes I don't feel it. Or I'll go over and over and over something that I felt like I failed at. And then the old tapes start of that, well, I really wasn't needed anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll just chill. I'll just go back. And and, but I do have to remind myself that I am a beloved child of God and that I am enough just as I am. Wow. Okay. So question. When you see yourself um, hitting the pattern of or getting back into that place where you feel the exhaustion in your body, 
and you have this awareness that you have gained through a lot of personal work, that that's something that you do. How do you stop the vicious cycle? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, the old put one foot in front of the other, because I can, you know, I, not so long ago, just a couple of years ago, I can just see myself willing myself off of the, the sofa. And which was very unusual for for me too. I had really disintegrated a good bit, and so there again, I think nothing is accomplished just boom overnight. But it is everything is probably done in baby steps. Well, I can just imagine. I mean, I'm just thinking about like when I hit pure exhaustion, how hard it is for me to do anything. I mean, I would just think that would be really a really difficult um, thing to to pull out of, you know, and I think about, um, you know, my, my own anger as an eight, as an ego type eight, and how do I pull myself down off of that rage? You know, there's that saying that says never in the history of calming down. Has anybody ever calmed down from being told to calm down? (laughs) Um, you know, that's like the thing for the eights. Please don't tell me to calm down because that is going to not calm me down. It just doesn't work. Um, and so it's taken me a long time to feel, the rising heat in my body and the anger and to recognize that and to try to try to stop. Um, breathing works for me. Uh, you know, heart math, breathing, that co- heart and brain coherent stuff, that usually helps me hit the reset button. Does anybody else hear? I mean, how do you pull yourself out of that tipping over into the disintegration spiral? Any ideas? Lark, what do you do? Come on, step in here. Well, I'm an ego seven. Mm -hmm. And so when I start lily pad hopping and whirling around like a whirling dervish, I just have to stop and claim holy wisdom and holy plan because it's not my plan, but it's God's plan. So when I recognize myself that I'm spiraling down, I just have to take a minute, like you said, breathe, maybe sit down, have a little meditation time, just a little talk to myself, a little self-talk to remind myself that I'm getting out of whack and think about God's holy plan. So you really do latch on to that holy idea of the seven. it's, It's what saves me most of the time. I mean, I literally have been in the kitchen whirling around from counter to counter to counter in a triangle and just stopping and going, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I've, too, I've got too many, I'm, I'm spinning too many plates in the air and they're going to all fall and I can't catch them. So I literally have to go to those holy ideas and, and center myself and calm myself down. Okay. So Roger, what does that look like for you? Okay, well, before I answer that, I'm going, to, I'm going to make another comment. Okay. I'm going to go back to Nancy, and you were relating your, your own circumstances mm-hmm. as coming to a point where you need to calm down, mm-hmm. you know, and never in the, in the history of calming mankind, down. calming down. So calm down. That's right. That's yeah. right. And so where I went with Nancy and her Enya Nine, was that I don't think it's the calming. It seems to me, correct me, Nancy, but I think it's it's doing. Mm-hmm. The opposite mm-hmm. of me. Yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. It yes. is. Yeah. Yes. It is. Mm-hmm. It's knowing, it's having a, 
I think it would be wise for me and for any nine to kind of have a, these are a few essential things that you can do today so that if I ever came to a disintegrated point again, I can say, I can do these essential things. I can get up, I can take a shower, I can take a walk, I can cook a meal, whatever, whatever it is that I need to have that action. I need to have something that is going to energize me. Mm-hmm. Uh, do something that you love to do. Um, if you're going to curl up and watch a Netflix movie, just make sure you're being intentional about it. Mm-hmm. Maybe invite somebody to watch with you mm-hmm. so that it's an activity <laughs> and it's not mm-hmm. an escape. Mm-hmm. We need to live next door to yeah. each other because when I'm whirling around, I can pull you up. <laughs> yeah. And when you're down, you can kind of calm me down. <laughs> well, I know that in the past, Nancy, you've had a really busy career as a minister. Mm-hmm. Is that mm-hmm. okay? Yes. And days where your schedule was jam packed all day long. What does it look like for a nun who is feeling overwhelmed and wants to curl up, but you just have one meeting after another and you just have all these needy people needing you? Oh, it's it, it finally catches up with a nine. I, I think a nine manages to always look successful at that because we're relying on our calmness. We're relying on uh, on that non-anxious presence in the room. Um, and for me, a breath prayer often was that um, small discipline that I could use anytime, anywhere, in the middle of a meeting, on my way to the hospital to visit someone, with a breath prayer being just some kind of mantra uh, that I could breathe in and breathe out it was something I could carry with me throughout a busy day. When what I, as a nine, what I really wanted was to just go home and relax and be on the sofa and and have time to just journal. But when that wasn't available to me, the luxury of that kind of time and space. I felt like the breath prayer was something I could take with me on the go, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and rela- and and helped helped help. It's, it gives you an energizing calmness because it's one thing to just kind of be there, but when but as a pastor, I needed energy. I need to be able to focus on other people, and the breath prayer got me connected again to my body, so that I was truly present in the room didn't just look like I was there. I really was there. And you were living into the virtue of being diligent in that moment. Yes, yes, okay. very much so. Well, now, I mean, we talk about the holy idea of holy unconditional love. I mean, how, I mean, is that something that you live into or try to live into? And how, what does that look like with your holy idea? And, and I guess the idea of the holy idea is that it's a bridge from your ego at the nine mm-hmm to your essence at the three. Can you speak to that at all? Yes, I think so. The essence of the three, yes. Yes, yes. right. The unconditional love was, I think, was really brought home to me when we did the exercise with our soul child who lives at that essence. And when I was able to talk with her and ask her, you know, what what do you have that I don't have anymore? And she said, I have energy. She yeah. was totally unapologetic yeah. about it. And she was making mud pies. 
She was playing in the mud, that very mud that I often would get stuck in. <laughs> she was making something fun and creative out of it. And I was able to see in her that love for myself mm-hmm. that had energy, that could play and create, that could be content. And that, that was another very important message I, re, I received from her. And I seem to kind of hear the message too with holy unconditional love that that little soul child, that little essence at the three isn't trying to earn it or achieve anything to get it. Absolutely not. Yeah, she was just happy to, to be playing and to be industrious just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and to climb, next she took me to, to climb a tree. And she, it was a tree in our backyard and it had a, a, a high point in it that we would call the queen's nest. And oftentimes I didn't get to go to the queen's nest because I had an older sister. Um, But she led me straight up to that queen's nest. And from there, I could look out into all of my backyard and down the dirt road. And, And I had a vantage point that said, this is all beautiful and wonderful and And harmonious and harmonious and i'm a part of it i don't need to hide from this Mm -hmm. this Mm -hmm. is this is where i belong and i'm loved unconditionally for no other reason that i exist Mm -hmm. and that i'm a being i am yes exactly Mm -hmm. right exactly well thank you for thank you for joining us and being so open and vulnerable about all of this. And I know I just shoot questions at you and you answered them fairly quickly for what I think ego nines normally do. So that was great. Um, Does anybody else have anything to add? No? Good. Okay. Well, I just, again, want to invite you to our conference at St. Mary's Retreat Center in Suwannee, Tennessee, March 20th through the 22nd. It's going to be a great conference. Uh, Just to let you know, as... um, Listeners, St. Mary's is a beautiful place. Um, it's located on a mountain. I don't know which mountain, and uh, but it's beautiful. It's a great. Is it Swanee Mountain? That's that makes sense. Um, but it's a beautiful place. Food is great. Great food. Yes. It really is. And uh, and I am very picky about Chef Emily food. So yeah, Chef Emily does a great job. So and if I think it's good, you will too. So because um, I usually don't think the food is good. Yeah. Anyway, um, so we just want to invite you to that conference. And if you're interested in getting more details, you can go to our website at theicb.org, the events tab. There you can find the details and you can register if you're interested. So I want to thank you again, Nancy, for coming. You've been great. I've learned a lot from you. You're just a really healthy, conscious nine. So yeah, it's great to hear from you. So thank you uh, for listening and we look forward to being with you again next week. Thank you for being with us today. Check out our website at www.theicb.org. That's T-H-E-I-C-B dot O-R-G. If you have questions you would like to have answered on this podcast, just email us at the address on our website, theicb.org, under Contacts. And if you would like to attend one of the conferences or other events of the Institute for Conscious Being, you will find these presentations on our website under Events.